Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Boom! We are on recording. Uh, we are live. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm really excited today because we have uh, Dr. Adele El Maziri with me today, and Adele is an early blockchain guy. He has a PhD uh, in in and researches uh, this this space really well, and he has a, a new concept that he's putting together. Um, for, for something called DLN. So we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. But before we do, make sure you participate live. Um, if you go to the LA Blockchain Summit YouTube page or LinkedIn page, make sure to subscribe there so you're notified next time we go live. But also if you leave comments in there right now, uh, talk in there right now, we might be able to bring you onto the screen or bring your comment on the screen and talk about it towards the end of our conversation. So feel free to jump in there and talk to us there and uh, join the conversation. Um, Adele, how are you doing? Good, good. It's uh, another sunny day in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, I like it, I like it. You're not you're not dressed for a sunny day, so. No, it's sunny but cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you're overdressed, man. I, I haven't seen you in a shirt in a while. I got buttons, you know. You know, uh, one of those days, back-to-back meetings online. So I put on the nice shirt with the buttons. Um, so uh, Adele, give us uh, would love a little background about you, so the audience can can hear, you know, some of the things you've researched, some of the things you're working on and have worked on. Sure. So uh, uh, I come from an academic family. My dad is a professor. Uncle is a professor. Other uncles are professors. I had to get my PhD just to sit on the dinner table. Uh, and uh, uh, when I started doing my uh, my research work, I was doing something called trust networks, which uh, was a bit stagnant in 2010 uh, until that uh, unknown guy, uh, Satoshi, came up with blockchain. So all of a sudden, blockchain is a trust network. So the research really, really boomed. And uh, I, I found myself in a lot of uh, conferences uh, talking, publishing, working within the space around what is blockchain, how it would work, uh, and and how it will change the entire uh, globe and and, and uh, everything that we do, as well as AI. So that's the other part that I always like to work in because I feel that you know like uh, AI is going to mend our capabilities and what we are trying to do. And every year I publish papers usually in applied blockchain, applied AI. Um, couple papers usually uh, in there, some in tokenomics, some in how systems would work and kind of like trying to push the boundaries of how we apply, not necessarily new kind of like scientific things, because I I don't like to uh, uh, spend a lot of time on theories that will be in the future. Maybe somebody else like that. I like to feel how it will benefit people. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's fun, you know, like, I always see stuff from academics and things like that. And, and, and all joking aside, because I love to, to, to talk trash and make jokes, it's really, really fascinating to read some of some of these papers and, and see some of these concepts and things like that. But when, when we originally met, one of the things that we liked about you, you know, and full disclosure, uh, DGH uh, uh, are investors in AlphaFin, uh, Adele's company. Um, you know, when, one of the reasons we, we fell in love with you when we wanted to work with you was because you were one of the few academics we'd, we'd met that gets shit done, you know, and we'd talk about an idea, something would happen, you know, 
you're you're obviously great at writing papers and doing things like that, but but you know you would show us work you've done or things you've built, and that's you know sometimes very different. Usually, a lot of times academics will have teams around them to do things like that, but but you actually have a bit of both sides of that to you, and and you like to um, obviously you know apply it. Um, one of the things you give a plug to your um, to your YouTube uh, uh, show as well. Uh, Adele does. Uh, five-minute videos in Arabic to bring the Arabic world into the blockchain space as well, Arabic-speaking world, obviously. Yeah, so, so thank you very much uh, about that. So one of the things that kind of like struck me as I'm like doing a lot of uh, work, I've, I've done a, a blockchain uh, summit in Cairo, Egypt, and in Dubai and Qatar and other places. But in, in those areas, there is a lot of uh, really good talent that haven't heard about blockchain that much. And there is a lot of people uh, over there that haven't the faintest idea what blockchain is. They only know Bitcoin and that's it. So it's kind of like uh, what we know here by back in the uh, 2016, 2015 kind of thing. So I thought to myself, if you know English, you could probably go and look at uh, a ton of other good uh, people that provide resources online. But what if you don't know English or English is your uh, third language or second language, how can we get to you in your own element? And then there is a lot of people that like to talk, like they make a lot of episodes for like uh, an hour episode that they keep regurgitating the same thing over and over again without really getting a piece of information through. And because I like to like have an effect, like make things meaningful, I thought, okay, what's the least amount of time that you could do something in? And uh, that is five minutes. After five minutes, you kind of like zoning off and kind of like, you know, even when I'm teaching courses, the students will like zone off after five minutes. You have to keep engaging them. And that's all idea. And in uh, Middle Eastern culture, uh, Khamsa also has another connotation to it, which is kind of like the good luck. So, yeah, Khamsa <laughs> means good luck. So, uh, so I thought, hey, why not name the channel Khamsa Tech? Uh, means five minutes. Uh, of technology and address the two topics that I know something about, which is the AI and blockchain specifically. And uh, thank you for encouraging me. And it's like, it was a great hit. So I got like lots of people can, uh, saying, we were trying to understand it, but like when you talk about it in English, it's one thing, but when it is in our element, now we know what it is about. And they can watch it on their bus, on commute, wherever they're going, much faster. So come visit it. Very cool. Yeah, I think, I think well, we, we constantly talk about the promise of blockchain, creating a borderless world, creating a more fair level playing field, all of these things, you know, distributed, decentralized. And, but, you know, at the same time, if you aren't uh, technologically inclined, if you don't speak the right language, if you can't access it, uh, then, then you can't access it. You know, like most of DeFi, you need to have a, you know, MetaMask, right? Or up until recently, you'd have to use a desktop or, or a laptop, you know, a computer, not just on your phone. And every step along the way of making it more accessible actually fulfills that promise. Because right now, if we're being honest, it's mostly for people who, uh, you know, are if not more educated in a traditional sense, more educated in technology and have access to, to certain things, right? So, you know, having multi-language uh, support on some of these products, encouraging other countries and people who speak other languages to participate furthers, furthers the, the whole reason we're all here, right? So that's why I love it. So let's, uh, you know, let's, let's dive into AlphaFin, 
what you're working on today. Uh, tell us a little bit about AlphaFin, and then we'll dive into the, the DLM concept. Sure. So uh, the, the same, if we take what we have been talking about right now and just extrapolate it. So uh, not a lot of people understand blockchain uh, because of language barriers and not a lot of people that know about blockchain understand the revolution it will unlock. So today, again, like we've lived through the first wave, in my opinion, which is digital assets. You create something that is not a digital file that you can not just take a picture and double spend it and all of the stuff. So that creates actual assets that are digital. They're not physical. You can still hold them, sell them and so forth. And then the next wave is DeFi, where we basically took those same uh, uh, systems that we've used and dealt with actual physical assets, like being able of borrowing against them, being able of uh, making interest on them uh, and enter into different uh, contracts on all of that stuff. Think about your house, your car, all of those pieces. And we moved them into the uh, blockchain. So the question then started to arise is within that fintech space. In, in order for blockchain to really reach its full potential, we have to find a way to bring the technology and bridge the current uh, financial technology with what's coming, the, the next wave of having all the banking and all the uh, transactions done on the blockchain. That's what precipitated uh, AlphaFint, kind of like an, uh, the concept of helping uh, the mainstream organizations wean off the current infrastructure into the new one. Are you familiar with like uh, infrastructure inversion? So uh, what, I'm not sure what that means. What's infrastructure inversion? So uh, it's a phenomena that actually happens in almost all uh, uh, technologies out there. Take, for example, the uh, uh, telecom. So originally we had the Internet runs over uh, landlines and oh I, I i get it. i know where you're going okay keep going though. Okay. So, so basically we had to kind of like use the existing rails and at some point in time it it inverted it flipped and allowed us to really use the voice now and what we are doing today is run over tcp ip basically the internet and same thing is happening with uh the blockchain and fintech the blockchain right now still uses regular fintech uh, on it to get on board it, but in just a little bit, it, the opposite will happen. You will see the entire banking and what we call as financial systems, they evolved to become on top of the blockchain. And AlphaFin is designed to bridge that gap, help everybody move into that piece. Very cool. So I, I love that. So I, I get totally understand. I just didn't know the term probably because I was a bad student and I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a, a PhD like you. So but uh, <laughs> give me something to do. <laughs> so so but, you know, by the way, that's that's the reason why you have a well-rounded team. Right. Uh, so so I, I totally understand that that high level concept. But one of the concepts that, you know, you and Joseph were talking about when we first originally met in the blockchain and booze events and and these ideas that that we've had for for many years uh, are becoming more and more a reality. And one of those ideas were around microfinance and you created the concept and, and shared the light paper and a bunch of people in the community have contributed now to the light paper there and are uh, participating um, at DLM.org, the Decentralized Lending Network. So tell everyone what you know the vision or idea for Decentralized Lending Network is and maybe how they can 
come participate and help shape it and see if we this thing launches or 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 you know see see what happens next so one of the things that i really love about uh, you and joseph is that we are trying to bring blockchain to the mainstream it's not like for the few selected people that know how to use it but really we want to have everybody benefit from that and one of the things that exists right now is that margin of people between them very poor and uh, they can make ends meet those people don't have any options if, on how can they make ends meet there. They cannot get traditional uh, loans and they cannot get uh, into a banking system because they don't have enough and they cannot borrow against a collateral because they don't have a collateral. The closest thing that comes close to uh, help serving them uh, are micro uh, loans. But And that has been shown to be very effective. One, it's a $150 billion industry right now with 100 million people using it across the globe. But it reached the peak of what it can do with the current fintech technology there. And the reason there is that there are still fees around the entire system. The system is slow. It does not exist everywhere. And uh, you you, you are taking the money out of the community and you are not creating a sustainable, uh, self-serving uh, mechanism and not getting the entire community together. So we were thinking, hey, how can we benefit from the latest uh, advancement in DeFi to bring the entire community together? And that's the epiphany. Why not flip DeFi on its head? So today, if you look at Andre Corney's work, everybody out there, they are maximizing the yield for uh, the DeFi. What if we try to maximize the impact? Uh, is it possible? Can it be done? And the answer is yes. So. Uh, that led to the invention of something called uh, social staking. Social staking contract is a way to uh, use your friend's collateral to back you up. So you know like how you go and say, hey, uh, I need uh, a bit of money and you and Joseph lend me all of the stuff. So now you are actually backing me. In a traditional uh, lending, you would have only two people, the lender and the borrower. And the lender needs to mitigate the risk in in your proposal so you need to give him a collateral but if we can get all my friends to back me and say like hey we want to back you with our assets then you guys are taking on the risk for my uh, loan here hence it becomes a risk mitigated debt position fully collateralized for the lender and hence there are no issues with that and the lender can give me uh, the loan much easier but wait there is even more there because we are backing into DeFi, uh, we are able of uh, maximizing the yield on the actual assets instead of them being stagnant. And at the end of the day, we use those to reward the liquidity provider and the friends that helped, as well as make my loan free. So no interest, no fees, it's just helping me to get out of it. So that's like the epiphany that came out with DLN. That, that's exciting, and and the 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 idea is also to for this to be open source and available to all sorts of platforms. So if somebody wants to build a micro lending product in uh, in a developing country uh, for a specific niche market or anything like that, um, they'll they'll be able to sort of tie into this uh, this network. That's that's a really really fundamental good question. So one of the things that I've seen a lot is companies trying to create something, close it, and just use it, but that's like short-sighted. We want to build an infrastructure so that other, a lot of people will be able of using that instead of just thinking about like the immediate benefit out of it. And by building an open uh, source, open 
infrastructure for the internet of uh, micro lending, there are a plethora of things that can be built on top of it. Uh, one idea is micro lending. You mentioned that. Another is student backing. Today, if I have two kids in college and if I take a loan, I'll have to pay interest on the student loan. Why can't I put them into school and get paid for backing them up into uh, the school? Why do I have to pay the interest or they have to pay interest? There's a whole plethora of, of student debt going on. And you hear people way into their 30s and 40s say, like, hey, I just finished my student debt. Why, 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 why is that happening? We, we have the power finally using DeFi to abolish all of that stuff. And I'm not going to build it. I'm just building the infrastructure that allows everybody else to build. That's why I'm calling the community, come help, join, build, uh, tell us where to go, build on top of what I do. There might be some other uh, uh, application that you guys thought of, I've never thought of. So yeah. come help, join, let's build it. I, I love it. It's so funny in uh, my, my background, my previous you know uh, startup that I launched, uh, pre all, all of this stuff, I launched it in 2008 actually originally and then uh, various iterations as it grew was in, in sort of microfinance. We called it social fundraising at the time. Uh, but, but then uh, the word crowdfunding existed. And sometime around 2013, I actually built a mining rig in my office because we were like, oh, here, here, uh, you know, there's this thing called Bitcoin. And our biggest problem uh, at the time was people transacting in small amounts of money because the Visa rails would charge you, you know, 30 cents per transaction plus whatever percentage. The percentage was was negligible, but 30 cents ruined it. It made it so that, you know, people couldn't do $1 transactions and things like that without it being just ridiculously expensive. So so we, we tried it, we goofed around with it and we're like, this is never gonna work, you know, like, because uh, because it was just so complicated at the time. So, you know, what's different now like what exists now you know uh that that didn't exist before that makes this better you know like kiva exists already and there's already crowdfunding platforms and there's there's consumer lending or peer-to-peer lending products but what what does the blockchain enable you know I, I the social staking part could be done you know in a centralized fashion right so in a way so what what's what's better today or why is now finally the right time for this because you know Obviously, just my company wasn't the only one attacking this problem. There's other people trying over, you know, over the years. So there are uh, at least three reasons why we are able of doing that uh, right now. So one is uh, blockchain itself by reducing the costs of transaction. So uh, if I wanted to send a friend of mine, Amsterdam, uh, hundred bucks, I'll probably have to pay forty-five dollars uh, in fees just to send them, you know, the money. But on uh, Light Network or Tezos, I can send uh, him a lot of that money with no problems at all. And it will cost me like a quarter. So it's a, a huge thing. And if I happen to send him that on Friday afternoon, he probably will not get that money until Monday morning. So it's, it's my money, but it's taking a, a lot of time and it's taking a lot of calls. So it's inefficient service uh, right now. And then the global nature of where we are exacerbates the problem. So... Uh, if you are in a certain location, you all can uh, help and pitch together. But if you live across the globe, I can't help my friend in, in Amsterdam and we together cannot help my friend in Cairo. So all of that adds additional inefficiencies in the system. 
uh, that we have overcome right now. And then the other aspect of like, when you look at current existing models, like mentioned Kiva and others for uh, micro lending, the model depends on uh, uh, having people that would validate and verify. But the network blockchain by definition is uh, 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 trust built in. So it's a verified network. You don't need all of that stuff there. So we're moving the efficiencies there. And the final piece of that, it's not magic. It's all basically economics and calculated, meaning that the DeFi that is allowing us to create much higher yield. Take, for example, uh, DMM. Uh, today, you can get 6.25% just like with no risk with stable tokens, right? Uh, same thing with the return. So all of those are things that I am planning to utilize those uh, money Legos to build the network on just smart pieces implementation for there that allows us to usher in a different way of thinking about it. You and your friends can help each other. That's it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fundamental reason I was trying to use Bitcoin or whatever in 2013 um, is, is because, you know, all of these, you know, all these rails existed. They still exist. Like I, I just, you know, I've been saying this a few times lately because it's this recurring thing. But like when you look at a bank, when you look at their homepage, 90 plus percent of what you see is not the bank's technology. Like the bank is, is uh, does a lot of proprietary things, but none of their technology or very little of their technology is proprietary. They use different rails for, for you to buy and sell shares of stock. They use different rails for you to um, deposit money uh, and, and withdraw money. They have different rails for, for wiring money, transferring money, and, and depending on size. You know, like all these things are different technology products behind the scenes that, that are doing this. And each one of those companies takes takes a piece of something, and then the bank takes a bigger piece. <laughs> um, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, What's, what's really exciting about DeFi, of course, is that the same types of products that the banks somehow can't give you any yield on today are able to provide us when we go direct, when we cut out the middleman, when we don't pay for the real estate, pay for the chandelier and the, and the multiple loan servicers and the CEO of the bank. Somehow we get a higher yield directly to the consumer. So to me, the, the fact that you can cut out the middleman and go back to, you know, Community banking started and turned into what it is today, but started in communities. It started with communities coming together, pooling their resources to do things. And I feel like, you know, there's this opportunity now with DeFi to just go back to the basics, but in a way more efficient way. Um, and, and so all of these sort of network effects and opportunities just get me so, so, so excited. Um, before we, uh, before we sneak, uh, uh, I want to just tell you a couple of quick okay. things here that well, number one, from what you've said, blockchain is all about community. So that's what makes blockchain different. And look at what's happening to uh, uh, GME, um, Game uh, Stop and others in, in, in the stock market and all of that is us, the community pulling together are able of creating things much bigger. So that's the power of community there. And then also the uh, very salient point on how the banks are using other services and they now think about a much more efficient services like DLN under there, providing micro lending as a service. You want to create a, a micro lending system for whatever you want to do, like 
farming perfect go to uh, dylan add up couple apis and bam you're done i i love i love that future where you know the the apis are not run by by you know uh by groups you know by by individual companies not that i think that individual companies are wrong or bad but i like better um things run by organizations like DAOs and by the people who use them, you know, like at the, there's so many things. Like I remember running platforms for different uh, companies, different organizations. Some of them were banks, some of them were individual startups, but when, you know, uh, Twitter or one of the various groups uh, within that you're using their APIs for powering the site, changes their their uh their api or changes something in their system you can take you know you get taken down or you would be deplatformed there'd be there's just all these issues right so dao governed uh networks for for creating these things makes so much more sense because the people who build on top of it will be the people who get to uh you know will get to to you know uh guide the direction of where it goes you know like uh, a cool example of that is is PrimeDAO um, right now. PrimeDAO has the first ever um, DAO governed um, uh, DEX router, decentralized exchange router, but also has the first ever DAO governed um, balancer pools where the actual DAO and the community can vote on the changes to the pools and the dynamics over time. Like that, that's never happened before. And you're basically now creating community governed banking infrastructure it's it's so exciting so um uh, just such a fun future adele thank you so much uh for coming before we go though uh um thank you for everyone who's participating live what i'd like to say and what i haven't quite yet uh uh um shared hold on i've got a, got all these graphics and things i want to throw up boom we have uh draper goren holm is is doing 100 more than a hundred of these live things this year. Some of them are basic, like what I'm doing right now. And uh, some of them are a little more complicated, like blockchain and booze every Tuesday night that Adam is doing, where you can network with, with the community and things like that. But we have LA Blockchain Summit at the end of the year. We're gonna have Global DeFi Summit again this year virtually. Um, when we're gonna have the next big event is gonna be Security Token Summit. And uh, last week you heard from Ziv, who's in that security token world. We're gonna have more people talk about that soon. Um, but make sure you go to drapergorenholm.com. There's an events link and there you'll see everything that's going on there. And, uh, and, and also, you know, make sure you subscribe at those places, like I said earlier on YouTube and LinkedIn at the LA Blockchain Summit so that you see us uh, when we go live like this uh, every Friday morning. Um, Adele, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. Um, I, uh, hold on. I see an alert with another user that said something. Let's see if there's a good question or something in there. Uh, the banks, uh, are basically enterprise resource systems that use strategic partnerships and modules to increase their footprint. That's right. I mean, that's, that's the idea. You know, the, the banks are, are the customer support are the marketing are the front end interface for, for these products. And, uh, they, they're getting less and less sticky every day. Right. So uh, we're, we're taking market share away from the ones who treat us badly and moving towards the ones that treat us right. And I, I there's two sides of it, in my opinion, or two, two, two outcomes. Right. Uh, they they start adopting this type of technology 
because it's the fair and right thing to do, or, you know, actually three, or they compete, which makes their products better. And so the world becomes a bit of a better place or three, they go out of business because if they don't do one of the first two, they will go out of business. It's just, it, it's just, uh, you know, it just is what it is. Right. So, uh, Adele, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me. And, uh, we will Perfect. see you all again soon. Sweet. Thanks, everyone. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience. <laughs>